I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Bill Moran of the law firm Otterberg PC about the latest cybercrime trends facing the healthcare sector and other industries. So, Bill, when you look at the cybersecurity threat landscape, what are the most concerning cybercrime trends that you're seeing, especially as they relate to the healthcare sector? They're certainly increasing in the healthcare sector, largely because of ransomware. There's been a lot more activity on the dark web, whereas sophisticated hackers are, are obtaining the manner in which to invade a system and they sell it in the dark web to less sophisticated people who will then put in their ransomware and try to hijack a system and, and bribe it. And it's increasing more in the healthcare industry, largely because there's more at stake than just money when the company is, is basically hijacked and unable to perform its, its administrative or online capabilities. There's more at risk when there's somebody's health involved or somebody's life involved. And so therefore, there's more of a likelihood that a ransom will be paid. So Bill, when it comes to ransomware attacks, we're seeing attacks that lock up systems and data, but we're also seeing attacks that involve the exfiltration of data and sometimes the exfiltration of data without actually locking down the data with encryption. What do you see in terms of how the healthcare sector has been responding to that? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? There's no right or wrong per se, because this, it's becoming such a large problem that really the, the old adage is not when you will be hacked, not if you will be hacked, but when is really, is really at play here. And, and the only way you, at, at present that, that we as, as business people can respond is to try to get the experts in place, try to have the uh, best sophisticated software and, and the systems that you would use to detect any kinds of intrusion. There's plenty of them out there. The problem is none of them are foolproof. And especially when some of these hacking instances are coming in through third parties like vendors, you can have the most secure system in the world. But if, if you're a vendor who's in charge of your data has itself an intrusion, well, what are you going to do? So the best course of action is to try to keep your system as clean as possible by using the best software that's out there. Try to educate your employees to try to avoid phishing and spoofing. My practice here at Audubon, in addition to litigation, is crisis management. And my advice is to have a good crisis management plan because it's likely that at some point you're going to have some kind of a breach. So Bill, when you work with organizations that are hit with ransomware attacks, what are some of the top considerations that you advise these entities to make before they decide whether or not to pay a ransom? The first thing is you got to find out what are your responsibilities as far as disclosure after knowing that you've now had a system breach and, and what have you lost data, what kind of data is it personal data usually is. And each state has their own requirements as to what kind of response you are required to have. Some of them are immediate, some of them are within a reasonable time, some of them are within 90 days, things of that nature. But then there's, there's more that you need to be concerned about when you're actually considering paying the ransom because for instance, the OFAC has a, uh, is the federal watchdog has a uh, regulation that basically ties your hands if the 
if you know or have a reason to believe that the perpetrators are on their list of entities that you are not allowed to pay, even if it's to get your system back, such as states like Iran and, and, uh, and North Korea. And, you know, how do you know? I mean, sometimes it's just, you just don't know. And then you have to make an informed decision as to whether or not you want to take the risk that the person you're going to pay is going to wind up being on that list. And then you're going to get hit with a sanction from the government. So, Bill, you mentioned supply chain vendors and the attacks that we're seeing on those companies that, you know, obviously impact healthcare sector clients. What's your advice to healthcare organizations in terms of being prepared to deal with a possible ransomware attack on a supply chain vendor that could impact their patient's data? Well, my, my advice, again, is to have, have in place a very good crisis management plan. So that means that you have the people, you have a list of people who, when you know that something like this has happened, this has been some sort of a breach, you've, you've gotten word from a hacker or from a ransom person that you need to take action very quickly. And what I recommend my clients do is they have you know, their list of people who need to be on their crisis management committee, as it were, which will include, of course, the, the, the top officers, but it would also include a council, whether it's in-house council or in my case, you know, they hire me. And the reason why I say that is because you're going to have to do a very quick determination as to how this intrusion came about. And you do that by hiring an expert. Well, if you hire an expert without you making use of a lawyer ahead of time, and then somewhere down the line, because of this intrusion, some an, another entity, another party, maybe a customer or a patient sues you because of damages that resulted from this breach. Well, they're gonna be entitled to that entire report done by your experts who have come in to determine where the breach occurred and how to fix it. Because in discovery, in a lawsuit, there'd be no reason to withhold that report. On the other hand, if you look at it from a, a standpoint of what are our liabilities or potential liabilities if a lawsuit commences because of this intrusion? Well, let's hire a crisis management lawyer and that crisis management lawyer will try to advise you. And in so doing, the crisis management lawyer hires the outside expert and basically makes them a branch of their own determination system to figure out what's the best advice to give to the client. And in so doing, that report is best set up to be protected by the attorney-client privilege. So if there's a lawsuit down the line, there's reason to withhold that. And again, if, if that report points towards all liability for that intrusion coming from the mistakes of the, the healthcare that you're working for or the, the hospital or whatever, well, then they know that ahead of time and can plan accordingly if a, if a lawsuit does arise. So Bill, what are you seeing in terms of the cyber insurers and how much say they have on whether or not a client winds up paying a ransom or goes about trying to recover their data and their systems without paying? Is there a lot of influence these days by the cyber insurers to, you know, go whatever route might be most cost effective or, yeah. you know, for other conditions? Yeah, you know, it's interesting the insurers they have regulators and their regulators are saying to the industry that is insuring their customers for cybercrime, they're saying, well, you know, you need to better vet your customers who are buying this insurance because there are businesses out there that are not putting enough of 
a financial commitment towards upgrading their cybersecurity and relying instead on insurance companies to pay it, which in a sense is blaming the victim because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know any business out there that thinks it's good business to not put up fire detectors because you have fire insurance. The cyber insurance industry seems to be taking the approach that it's the victim's fault. Well, it, it, that's why you get insurance and you, you do the best you can as far as you're setting up your own networks and getting sophisticated protection. But there is an industry out there that chooses to insure for this. And yes, they, take a, they definitely take a role in whether or how much to pay. You usually have also involved in the ransom situation an attorney who is advising and, and perhaps even negotiating with the uh, ransomware uh, hackers, I'll call them, to try to get that uh, number down. And the insurance company definitely wants to try to get that number down, but you know it becomes an issue. And that's why I was getting back to the healthcare industry as to a primary target for these ransom attacks. And again, it's because there are businesses out there that have insurance and sometimes the insurers will say, you know, it'll probably be less money for you to not pay this and we'll cover the cost of whatever arises from these breaches and we'll just fix it. But in the healthcare industry, it's different. They really can't do that because it might be somebody's health or somebody's life at issue. And Bill, in terms of cyber insurance trends, do you see that perhaps cyber insurance might be harder to get for some companies? Are the insurers you know, asking these uh, potential clients to meet a laundry list of best practices and security controls and you know, demonstrate that you're in a good spot before they'll insure these companies? Well, that is certainly what their regulators are pushing them to do. They absolutely are asking them to vet their customers better to make sure that if you're gonna insure someone or if company A, if you wanna buy insurance from us, you have to have a good system in place so that we can manage this risk. But the reality is there are companies out there, plenty of them actually, and they're good, good insurance companies that will provide the insurance. I think it's probably just getting more expensive. So finally, Bill, in terms of your top advice for healthcare sector CISOs in terms of dealing with the latest cybercrime threats that are facing their organizations, what would be one or two top pieces of advice that you would give them to be prepared for what might be coming next? Until our government steps in and plays a major aggressive role in ending, or at least trying to end having this occur as much as it is having, I say this, that the government needs to get involved with United States big tech to better respond and come up with newer computer systems and software and security protections to better protect the United States industry because it's becoming such a huge dollar amount being lost annually that it's, it's, got, it's risen to a level that something needs to be done. But until that's done, I think you need to have in place your crisis management team that will respond as quickly as you can. And I've done this, you know, with other, with other clients, I've gotten calls and they said, you know, this is happening as we're speaking on the phone. And we've been able to get law enforcement involved to the extent that they can. And we've had other bank in-house counsel responding very quickly to stop payments that are going out that it might be stolen. And this is different from ransomware, but you know, if you have the people in place to call that you know you call whenever this occurs. That's my advice is to have something set up your whole crisis management team within the company and without the company 
Thanks, Bill. I've been speaking to Attorney Bill Moran. I'm Mary Ann Kolbesuk-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.